Hi, it's Mike Rothman. Again, we're here for the TechStrong Research Review. Uh, I am GM of TechStrong Research, Chief Strategy Officer of TechStrong Group. Since I keep forgetting to introduce myself at the beginning of, of each of our reviews. So now that we've got those formalities out of the way, let me also introduce my partner in crime, Mitch Ashley. Mitch, First of all, who are you? You know, and, and then second of all, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing really good. Hey, man, always good to, to talk with you. Love working with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, both principal analyst working with you, Mike, and also CTO with TechStrong Group. So kind of have a, a hand in that camp and hand in that cap. So yeah, you, you got a hand real. in all sorts of, of different stuff. So so we try to keep yeah, you focused on, you know, in terms of the, the research stuff where you can have the biggest impact. And today, you know, we've kind of, you usually started off with the news peg and you know doing this and you know we were just chatting and, and honestly it's been a really busy week for me uh as well as for Mitch. so um you know we kind of were just chatting about you know what the different topics are what do we really want to talk about and we kind of got around to this concept of a platform right and and you know there are a couple of different acquisitions that that Mitch, you can talk about a conversation you had with um you know a company that, that we do some some work with uh, we, we can kind of hit those as, as examples, but, you know, the whole platform thing has been, you know, the goal, I mean, really since we kind of started, right? I mean, back when we were doing mainframes, right? You know, the big iron was the platform and Amdahl came out and they wanted to be, you know, a competing platform and you had mini computers and they wanted to have their own platforms. And really what it is, it's about control. Right. It's about, you know, kind of having all of the pieces of the puzzle so that you kind of have the customers as captive audiences so they don't have to go elsewhere. And then because you have that set of customers that you're bringing forward, you build an ecosystem, right? And the ecosystem around your environments, leveraging, you know, interfaces that you publish, you know, partners that you have to qualify. And in a lot of cases, they pay, right, for the privilege of, of being your partner. And that's where you start to accrete the benefits of the platform, right? Windows was, you know, kind of maybe the most popular platform that we've seen, um, you know, kind of in, in our uh, world. But, you know, there in, in our kind of spheres of influence, right? You know, DevOps, security, cloud native infrastructure. Um, there are lots of different examples of, uh, you know, kind of companies that have, you know, striven or, or strove, strove, I guess, strove would be the word. Um, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, you're following me? Uh, you know, to, to be that platform player. And, and right now, I think uh, ostensibly nobody would really argue with, you know, Palo Alto Networks really having positioned themselves as, you know, kind of of a security platform. You have CrowdStrike coming at it from the endpoint side of things is again another platform. Back in the day, it was right, it was McAfee and, and, and McAfee's partner program. And originally it was Checkpoint, right? And Checkpoint's OPSEC that really had these partner programs driving, you know, kind of these partnerships that really established the company as platforms. And, and I guess the question that, that we got to, and you can use examples of, of DevOps as well, but the questions we got to is does everything have to be a platform now right or is there room for companies to do niche type stuff or are they all just sitting there waiting to you know be acquired by 
the platform player. Uh, and, and it's kind of like a big game of musical chairs where if you're not, you know, kind of uh, aligned with, with one of these platforms and ultimately, you know, kind of one of uh, their acquired properties, right? You, are, you, are you sitting there, you know, kind of standing up when the music stops? And that was a lot of words, Mitch. Well, I mean, what do, you, what do you think about, you know, some of those concepts I threw out there in, in nonstop rambling format? That's pretty good. I'm not sure if you took a breath or not, but that was pretty <laughs> awesome. I'm <laughs> kidding you. Um, you know, you know, it's it's kind of like we've we used to think about things of product suites, right? You know, Excel and Word and PowerPoint and whatever, and that you know whatever it was security products or whatever. But I think the thing that really changed the mindset, and yes, there've been platform companies before today, of course, but I remember first working with AWS, and this is 2008 kind of time frame pretty fairly early pretty crude actually it's i mean their interface was was either command line um we had set up your keys or used a browser plugin for yeah. i don't remember the name of it for uh, firefox only only thing i worked on anyway point being is that really ushered in the air for the cloud of the portal and, and that's the place where you do everything and you get everything Right. You, the marketplace is there. The services from that company is there. The things I do with their services are all there. And that's, that's kind of this same platform strategy that a lot of folks, because because they're in the cloud already, they have an interface, a UI for you to, you know, log on and use their stuff. Or sometimes, you know, it is on-prem and not in the cloud yet, or it's both. But that sort of pushes you to do that. But I think it's also that you know, you can solve any one individual problem, you know, observability, uh, tracing or API gateways or pick pick your, you know, your, your preference of specialty. And there definitely is, is an opportunity to specialize. But I think there's a real tendency to diversify or to couple with that complementary products and services. And I, and I know I'm doing my ramble bit here. I know from my own experience, that's a double-edged sword because it can all, it can make you very attractive, but it can also limit you who's going to acquire you because company A is looking at, at acquiring you, but they have three of your four things already. They don't value that. They just want the fourth and maybe you sell it for the fourth, but you kind of like, ah, I got all this other stuff. What do I do with that too? So it's, in, we can't all be on everybody's platform. I guess. No, Just everything can't, everything can't be. I, I think that's the answer, right? Everything can't be a platform. So, so I think, and, and really, what it is, it's incumbent upon customers. Right? And this is kind of a wacky thing, right? That customers end up having to figure out which of these aspects are they doing, what is their tool chain going to look like, um, you know, how are they going to integrate all of these pieces together. Uh, and, you know, I think the larger the enterprise, the more capability they have to, you know, really mix and match and, and do a true best of breed, right? Whatever that means. Uh, concept uh, in terms of the the, the capabilities and um, the technologies that that they bring you know to the table. Where smaller companies, I think, do have to you know look for more prepackaged integration. Uh, and that's again in, in in the world of security, right? That's where when you get to mid market, Rapid Seven has a very interesting approach 
because it's all cloud-based and, you know, all very integrated, starting obviously with vulnerability management. That's where they came from. But, you know, SIM, security analytics, they've got automation, they've got application security, uh, they've got cloud security, right, all under the auspices of, of one platform. And they have services. So, you know, MDR and our managed detection and response uh, and pen testing and, and incident response uh, and a lot of these things under one umbrella, right? So it makes the customer's job easier and I think the 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 lower you know end or the less sophisticated customer the more apt they are to, to really kind of buy hook line and sinker into you know a specific you know kind of company's approach right so I'm, I'm doing an assessment you know right now doing some cloud security work uh for for a company uh and um, you know, they've kind of bought into everything from AWS, right? So they their platform in AWS, they use all AWS security stuff, they get got that, you, you know, and and they don't use third-party capabilities yet, right? So what I'm in there doing is trying to help them understand how to mature their process, help them understand both from a, a, a process and a tooling standpoint, you know, what it is that they need to look at. And the reality is they do have to start looking at some external tools because the platform is going to give you a certain amount of stuff, but nobody's going to sit there and say AWS is best of breed in terms of a lot of these security things. And you can look at a variety of different, I think, DevOps tools, right? You know, where, yeah, they've got tools that are there, but they aren't necessarily going to be, you know, top in each one of their specific disciplines. Again, for a certain class of customer, that's fine, right? But, you know, kind of as you get more sophisticated, I think you're going to want more robust capabilities in a lot of these different areas. I think you know, one of the things about cloud is that also has its own lock-in, right? If you're so tied into Azure, Amazon, Google, whatever services, that makes it hard to say, okay, let's move. Let's add a second or move to another. Yeah. You know, the, so if I if I kind of turn the coin to the other side and look at it from the software perspective, well, A, developers are a very independent bunch. Um, and they, they don't like you to say, oh, we bought everything from this company. So here you go. Here's all your stuff. And, and maybe so, not everybody is going to turn that down, but uh, they want some flexibility. They, they do like best of breed, but then you have to watch out. You don't get yourself into the tool integration business. But there's a, there is, I think, a crossover point in the, in the enterprise market where it's, we have too many vendors. We we can't afford to spend all that money with everybody. Let's try to pull our number of vendors to reduce that. And that might be where, you know, a GitLab kind of approach where it is sort of the full life cycle of yeah. development to deployment. Um, you could pick others, you know, that, that take that kind of approach or moving in that direction. So so it, it's it's kind of both. It just depends on the philosophy of the organization and how much the purchasing department has control over, you know, whether we're going to add another vendor or not, in part, at least part of it. But it's it's an interesting dynamic because one platform company buys another platform company, which platform wins? You know, which, how do you make that part of the same one? And that's always... And, and how do you help customers migrate to whatever the new thing is, right? And, and that tends to be where it gets both very complicated um, and, and fraught with peril, right? Because, you, you know, in, in some cases, they don't make a choice. And, and then you just kind of end up with, with a couple of different walking dead platforms that it's not clear where the investment is, and they haven't made the decision. So, you know, th those are things when you when you do get some of these big, you know, acquisitions, and um, it's not clear or a little bit nebulous in terms of what the product strategy is, be very wary, 
right? Because that usually doesn't end well. It's very difficult for organizations to, you know, migrate that, right? You know, and then to, to not have clear communication from the companies uh, becomes, you know, very challenging. But unfortunately, it's hard, right? Because, you, you know, you've got a certain centralization of folks that are on one platform. You've got other folks on another platform. Who do you tell is wrong, right? And, and how are you going to get them there without, you know, opening up the whole environment to a competitor coming in and yeah, uh you you're know, gonna force me to change it's good yeah just, that's right i mean if you're gonna force me to change i'm gonna take a look at everything right and 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 making sure that you kind of keep those folks um you know in the family becomes becomes a challenge right so so this is you know and, and this gets to be higher level you know kind of vendor and, and product strategy stuff that i find you, you know specific you know, very compelling and, and interesting. And it's a lot of the work that I've done. Specialty of yours. Years. It, it is. And, um, but the reality is at the end of the day, customers don't care. <laughs> what they want is I, I need something to solve this specific problem. I want to do it in what I hope to be a strategic way, but I've been doing this too long and not me specifically, right? But most customers have been doing this too long to really have trust that, you know, kind of, yeah, it's all going to work out great and they're going to do exactly what they say and they're going to execute flawlessly because that just hasn't been their experience. That hasn't been my experience. I don't think that's been anybody's experience. I mean, you know, integrating these platforms at a, you know, high level, um, you know, while the 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 car is speeding down the mountain, um, mm -hmm. you know, tends to be, again, a very difficult function. So, so what do customers do, right? They really have to focus on the problem that they're trying to solve. And they have to understand that flexibility is critical in a lot of what you just said, Mitch, right? APIs and, and microservices and modern architecture and DevOps, you know, pipelines gives you much greater ability to swap out a lot of these tools, right? If you're in a big monolithic environment, if you built a set of applications on top of you know, or, or or in AWS using predominantly serverless infrastructure, right? How do you move that? I, I, how do you move that, right? I mean, it would be very difficult, if not impossible, if you're building everything within Lambda. So understand that that's a decision as well, mm -hmm. right? You know, that platforming decision becomes an irre, you know, irrevocable uh, type of, of situation. So you, you need to go into both sides with your eyes. You know, it's interesting because if you're in the, you're using services in a cloud, you obviously don't have the effort of, okay, I've got to go figure out what hardware I'm going to put it on and set all that up. And then I can figure out for how I'm going to use it. You're going to start right there. But, so, so there's, I think, a natural advantage of being in the cloud makes it easier to maybe move because now I skip that step. Still, it's not easy. But there's also to your, what you were talking about is more and more we think of our environment as a declarative environment. In other words, it's built by scripts. It's done by Terraform. It's done by scripts that are in in uh, in Git. And I can build an environment with a you know push of a button or you know executing a pull command from Git and running running some code. And you know, in theory, it, it's maybe easier to swap out some technology like, okay, I want to change, you know, this solution I'm using for, you know, I am or for, for DR or whatever it might be, you know, it, it, you could script that and test it and do all of that and not have to go through the whole brain dead part of it and figuring out how to mind to set all this up. Now, I don't know that all our environments are that neat and clean. If they're that, you know, really well, they're not because, you know, you're, you're using native services in some way, shape or form. Right. Because the the overhead in really building application environments that are truly portable in a lot of cases is not worth it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting, just the differences that a, like a cloud platform vendor takes. So here's an example in the uh, certificate market, uh, certificate authority. AWS's view is on, you know, hey, that's no big deal, right? We'll issue certificates to whoever, whatever, kind of the identity of proving who you are, who you are. You're a customer. That's good enough for us. Go set up your, here's the CA service. You can generate certificates to your heart desire because they're thinking about it from a software perspective, but also end user. Whereas, you know, pick any of the, the traditional CAs. In whatever form they are these days, you know, that's a very different, you know, who you are and validating that and looking up your, you know, a standard and poor's code or whatever they do, you know, is a, is a different approach. And it's kind of a threat to that market, not that it's, you know, taking it away from them, but yeah, they're software people. They're thinking about it as a much different kind of service than a security company would think of it. So that's right. interesting. That's right. You know, that one of the things that sparked our conversation too was uh, ServiceNow acquiring uh, Era Software, which apparently they're going to make part of the the LightStep That's right. uh, I don't know, business unit or product organization, which we work with them also. As a matter of fact, I do a show with them called the SRE Show. So check that out on with uh, Austin Parker uh, and his team. Anyway, so, you know, ServiceNow is a you know workflow automation management company it's kind of like Jira going from tickets into workflow, right? And now the service now has moved into other spaces with observability. And and I think if I remember right, the era software was a little bit more cloud native focused. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, you know, to me, it's kind of confusing in a way. Like, are the workflow people going to buy observability software or does it just make that single vendor? No, I mean, well, the, think about it this way, right? And, and 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 I think, you know, kind of it being affiliated and and the plan being folded into Lightstep is is pretty illustrative of what their plan is, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's, you know, again, if, if Lightstep is really focusing on, you know, SRE or platform engineering, right, you know, kind of getting... And being able to analyze telemetry as part of your, you know, platform management and platform, you know, kind of uh, instrumentation capability, you got to have the ability to do analytics on top of that. So, so I think it's more a matter of understanding that they're trying to build solutions for a specific constituent within that business group right now. How does that impact, you know, and, and how does Lightstep fit into, you know, a huge, you know, kind of work management tool like ServiceNow? That's a different discussion. Right. But, you know, kind of looking as if if Lightstep were doing this as a standalone company, we wouldn't bat an eyelash. Right. Yeah. Don't get distracted by the wrong things. Right. Right. So it's like it it makes sense, given, you know, kind of the, the, you know, kind of target that they're looking at. But, you you know, and again, service now building that and they've made a number of acquisitions on the security side to, you know, trying to get in that threat intel and trying to, you, you know, kind of build into, you know, more automation, which is really, you know, kind of something that would lend itself to what it is that they do, um, but do they sell to the same folks, right? And that's kind of where you start to, you know, kind of see where there are some limitations to this Uber platform concept and that, you, you know, if you have to start traversing along buying dynamics, that's a different buying motion, right? That's a CIO type, you know, CTO type of, of buying motion. And does service now have that relationship? They do, right? You know, are they gonna, you know, but when it gets pushed down to those functional leaders, does that type of company become credible? 
And, you know, that that's really the question. I can tell you in security, it hasn't been as successful as, okay. you know, they were, are they selling a bunch of stuff? You bet, right? They're a huge company. Uh, but are they perceived to be one of the big players in, you know, kind of automating or instrumenting, you know, kind of security motions? Not really. Right. Can I get there? I don't know. Right. Depends how much money they want to spend to establish themselves, you know, in that space. So, and again, platform, even platform companies have to pick their places, right? You know, they have to pick their constituencies. They have to build solutions specifically to make those folks' jobs easier. Because honestly, unless you're pretty much Microsoft, nobody else has the, the breadth of, you know, kind of, of solutions that they do to, to really kind of traverse and transcend a lot of these organizational boundaries. And again, to Microsoft's credit, they've done a great job of, of managing, you know, that process. Yeah. And their trend, transition to cloud services has been pretty astonishing, frankly. That's one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, it's a, that's a big lift, I tell you. And uh, you, you can have your woes or your pros with with Microsoft, but it's pretty impressive what they've done. No, no, no. I mean, how how they've transitioned the business. I mean, and really what's interesting is is how they've, you know, how they've avoided uh, becoming the villain again, right? You know, back in the day when they were mowing over, you know, tool companies and folding everything into Windows platform and then antitrust and, um, you know, they were the villain. I mean, there was, there was no question about that, you know, kind of they were the company that folks, you know, didn't really like. And, you know, they had folks that weren't necessarily lovable, you know, running the company, whether it was Bill Gates or, or Balmer. I mean, obviously have tremendous respect for, for what those folks did, but, you know, nobody you know, said, oh, I love these guys. It's uh, a different philosophy. It's, you know, we own Windows and if you want anything to do with that's us. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Here's, 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 here's the toll right? booth. Right. And, and, and you're going to pay. Whereas, whereas what Sacha has been able to do there is, you know, really kind of just stay out of the wars. Right. Let Europe go after Google. Right. Let let all the retailers and everybody else go after AWS. And we'll just stand out here on the side going, you know, we're up here, you guys. We have Azure. Right. We have Office or Microsoft 365. We have, you know, all these security solutions. We have, you know, DevOps tooling that, that we're starting to, to build in. We're folding all these companies, you know, into our platform, but they're not being, you know, kind of douchey about it. Mm -hmm. And and that again, you know, one that's a huge cultural change for Microsoft. Um, and I mean, Sachs has been in place for seven eight years at this point, so you know, you know, it's not necessarily new. Uh, but if you compare them to the Microsoft of, of twenty years ago, it, no, it certainly is. Different. Um, and and again, I think it's appreciated when you talk to customers. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft is nickel and diming diming them, and and they don't love you know kind of the I, they constantly. I got to buy fifty solutions, but you know, then they'll package it up as an E five or an M five or whatever you know the packages that gives you all the stuff that you pretty much need and they make it very easy and financially, you know, attractive to, to do more with them. And that's, uh, that's the power of the platform, right? <laughs> They're still not fun to deal with when it comes to licensing <laughs> and their programs. It is, I mean, you have to, they have to hire third-party specialists you know, <laughs> to, to help you figure out what to buy in that track. Of course. And that's, you know, any, any big platform has always had, you know, kind of the cost management folks 
coming in, you, you know, in order to, to help get your arms around that stuff. That, that's that been a, a, a truism. Um, I mean, but again, the reality is anytime you're spending 10 to hundreds of millions of dollars with a company, you're going to want somebody taking a look at that, right? Just from a diligence standpoint. I so. thought we thought of it as IT doing our taxes when it came to renewing our Microsoft license. No, I mean, that, that's exactly, exactly right. And, and, and what are you doing? And, and it's really tracking because everything is usage-based now. I think that, you know, kind of adds another level of complexity, which is what am I, you, you, it was pretty, you know, kind of discreet before. It's like, am I using the tool? Am I not using the tool? If I'm not using the tool, do I have to pay the maintenance? Right now that everything is a subscription and everything is, is you know, it's the cloud, uh, a lot of things are, are usage-based. You really have to get a sense of how much of this am I using? You know, can I get to another volume tier? What's the impact going to be? So it, it's it's a far more complicated uh, type of environment. And, and you get such more granularity or such additional granularity over what it is that you're doing from an activity standpoint. Um, you know, again, getting on top of that is is brutal, right? I, I hardly do anything on my AWS account, right? Just more lab stuff, and I and I play around, you, you know, now and again, and 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 I'll I'll teach every so often out of those accounts. Uh, and the reality is, right? You know, getting on top of that, what we're spending. I mean, I get a thirty-page right bill, and I'm not even doing anything. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't leave those servers running until the next class, right? Oh, I did that. Yeah, yeah. I did that one with Microsoft. And 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 my problem was I couldn't remember what account I was using. So <laughs> I got this bill and I'm like, what the hell is this bill for? And I'm like running through all the accounts I use. And there are not, a, you know, a few of them. Um, yeah, that, that gave me heartburn. I burned up a bunch of time, you know, trying to find that out. What would be interesting is we, I mean, we could go so many places with this conversation, but it would be interesting to see, you know, we've talked a lot about sort of software and security integrating, overlapping, merging, but they also kind of have their own disciplines too. And DevOps in the center of that, you know, as a, you know, DevOps is a tools. No, it's how you create software, but there are tools that help you automate through a DevOps process. And that, you know, that's evolving. By the way, there's a great, debate going on someone wrote an article that devops is dead and i'm like okay there's some clickbait articles yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's, that's dead. that's asinine but <laughs> that's dumb but that's, you, you know to to again pimp out some of our our stuff i mean uh, you know kind of understanding a lot of those interactions and overlaps that's a lot of what we're going to be doing at predict Right. So we're going to be both doing research in each of our different coverage areas. And, and we're really going to come forward with a vision of how a lot of these pieces fit together. That's going to drive a lot of what we do at Tech Strong Group uh, in 2023. So very excited about that. Um, I'm going to be, you know, kind of traversing along the, uh, uh, you know, a, a couple of, of nice areas in Europe over the next uh, couple of days. Uh, and it's going to give me some time to think, right, as I'm hiking between different places and, you know, kind of enjoying the scenery. Uh, but, you, you know, and, and again, Mike, you're one dimensional. I get it. Right. You know, but uh, uh, I, I will be thinking a little bit about how uh, a lot of these pieces, you know, kind of come together because now's the time. Right. We're in Q4, folks. We got to really start thinking about, you know, kind of what 23 looks like. So this idea of selecting your platforms strategically, understanding how a lot of these pieces fit together, but ultimately making sure that you as the customer, as the consumer of these services is making those decisions, right? That you are in charge of your infrastructure, how you're going to 
fit this together, what your tool chain looks like, uh, and how you're going to, you know, really support the emerging requirements of, you know, kind of your business users um, and and consumers within within the environment. I mean, that's what we have to be focusing on as we start looking towards 2023. By the way, so we're talking about predict. 2023, it's scheduled for January 12th. Mark it on your calendars. I know it's a few few months out there, but it'll be here quick. And the the theme that's emerging is kind of stand and deliver. It's like, yes, you had to deal with stuff in the pandemic. And yes, we accelerated to move to the cloud. And yes, we did these digital transformation projects and we did move to DevOps. And yes, yes, yes. Now you got to make it happen. We are counting on you to deliver software. We're counting on you to be secure in the cloud or in mobile or in whatever environment we're in, our customers in. And so it's, you know, we have to execute. When when financial conditions get tough, it's about performance, right? I mean, that narrows you in. Kind of For sure. Light on how are we doing? Let's get results. For sure, for sure. So great. It's been, you know, again, fantastic conversation, a little bit off the cuff. And, and I think that's when we do uh, tend to do our best work is, is really just, you know, kind of brainstorming, pulling on threads and, and, and really seeing uh, where we go, coming to some conclusions, you know, for listeners and, and, and customers uh, out there about the stuff that, that you should focus on. Um, so with that, we'll wrap up. Another one of our tech strong researchers. I think it's the third episode, if, if, episode like, if I'm three. okay accounting. So and reach out to us on info at techstrongresearch.com. Info at techstrongresearch.com. If you want, if you want to kind of focus in any bit on what you're doing or, or kind of share some of your experiences, uh, that would certainly be appreciated. Uh, so until next week, Mitch, be well, and um, we'll see you guys soon. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Mike.